With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Yes, Australia are the T20 World Cup champions. Take that, New Zealand. (laughs) Take that to all the doubters out there who've death-ridden Australia all the way. (laughs) They've turned it around. Uh, I'm Manners. I'm with Paul. For those listening, what a victory to the Aussies. Paul, how are you feeling? Oh, wonderful. It was a... Oh, it's the perfect kind of uh, ending to the game. Was it probably for the neutrals? A bit boring towards the end, but oh, I was just enjoying every ball. Um, oh, it, this myth that Australia has that we win the games that count. Well, it's this myth that's been perpetuated in reality for decades now. We do. It's reality. It's true. We go to Bangladesh with nobody and get thrashed. We go to West Indies with nobody and get thrashed. We go to New Zealand with half a team and get thrashed. All those games, it doesn't matter. Um India has a record in between the last World Cup and this one. They've won every T20 played. Doesn't matter. When it all matters, the Australians win. And that is um, a, f- a fantastic thing to, to be talking about at, what is it, 4.30 in the morning on no sleep. Australia are the world champions. This is one of the most famous victories for Australian cricket. It ranks right up there with the 1987 50-over World Cup, yep. the 1999 50-over World Cup. The 2003 50-over World Cup, the 2007 50-over World, World Cup, Cup. the 2015 50-over <laughs> World Cup, the multitude of World Cups won by the Australian women's team across 50-over and 20-over cricket as well. And the fact that for the last, what is it, 145 years, we've been the dominant test nation as well. And we are the best nation at Australian rules football. We have the best Australian rules football referees. We're the best at rugby league. Uh, we win the Sheffield Shield every single season. Australia! 
<laughs> yes. But, but quite seriously, Paul, I mean, this was a team that was written off. They were given no chance going over there. Uh, there's been some pundits that have said they shouldn't even bother going, mm. as if you'd say that. But they've made a mockery of that with the unlikeliest of hero in the final, Mitchell Marsh, 77 not out of 50 deliveries in the chase. He was backed up by David Warner with an excellent 53 off 38. Take that, Sunrisers Hydrobat. <laughs> Take that, Tom Moody. Take that, Trevor Bayless. You can't keep Warner down. And he's come back and he's top scored in the tournament. He's scored more runs than any other Australian batsman ever in the T20 World Cup. What a comeback. Glenn Maxwell, 28 not out at the end. Australia win by eight wickets with seven balls to spare, chasing 173. This will be a victory that goes down in the annals of Australian cricket. What a victory for Justin Langer, the coach that was written off. Everyone said he was too intense. He wasn't getting the best out of this team. Well, take that to all those doubters. Langer has come back and he's bringing back the trophy. You're lucky that I'm a little bit lazy, Minners, because I think I could go back and make a lovely compilation of you bagging the hell out of this Australian side over the last six months. What's the point of going over there? They should be playing Sheffield Shield cricket. They've got no chance of winning. I distinctly recall at one point I got so sick of you crapping on about it. I said, look, liquidate all your assets. You can get a good price about Australia not. I think they probably a, a dollar fifteen or whatever they were about not winning the World Cup. Have your entire fortune on that fifteen percent better than bank interest, bank interest. At least shut up and and put your money where your mouth is. I don't think you did. Nope, definitely not. Pleased that you didn't. So. Um, I've been made to eat my words, but look, I'm a passionate fan and I wear my heart on my sleeve and so often Australia have disappointed in T20 World Cups. They they so often go with the best players in the world but underperform. And look, after the England game, it looked like Australia were going to be outclassed, but it's been a triumph for this 11. They've picked the, the, the best cricketers in the country. They haven't picked specialists, but they've got the job done. And uh, emotional scenes at the end there, Mitchell Marsh mm. and Marcus Stoinis embracing in tears. You wouldn't have seen that in the 70s when Ian Chappell was skipper, <laughs> but they were bawling their eyes out. It means a lot. You know, they've been written off. Mitchell Marsh has been derided by the Australian public. Well, he's a bloody hero this Monday morning. <laughs> I said at some point during the lead-up that it'd be great if Australia win just to, to have um, mocked the rest of the world with all this, you know, uh, T20 specialists. And who's our one T20? Kane Richardson didn't play a game in the, the whole tournament. Yeah. Instead, we've gone with our test base attack. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pity we didn't squeeze in Labashane as I wanted. That's and it. Um, Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon. <laughs> They should have worn whites just to really emphasise their um their attitude. Yes. Now, the, the, the Schick here has made a very good point. Finch may not have scored many runs in the back half of the tournament, but, boy, did he toss a good coin or call a good coin because a vital toss today, sending the Kiwis in. And I have to say... I think the Kiwis were very disappointing in this final. They came out in that first 10 overs and just ambled to 57. It was always unders. The, the target was short. And, you know, you're only going to lose finals with that attitude. Well, if you go back to the very highly accomplished innings break show that we did that had three minutes of silence at the beginning of it because we forgot to turn the sound on, we did say that, that it was very strange that in an innings where Kane Williamson scored at a strike rate of 173, that Martin Guptill 
Um, what did he get? 18 off 23? 28 off 35. <laughs> I said 18 off 23 with great confidence. <laughs> I didn't need to look at my notes. Hasn't slept. Haven't slept. <laughs> I got a few hours sleep before the final. So, Pro. Um, actually, during the closing stages of that match, uh, Paul was doing a portrait of Trent Bolt with a, <laughs> a, a triangle for a head. No, a parallelogram. A parallelogram. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, I think the Kiwis weren't aggressive enough. And you look at the heroes. Here's Justin Langer being interviewed now the little western australian oh i love it the, you know what is he what hasn't he delivered we we bring home the ashes from england in 2019 we win the t20 world cup langer has done it again yeah stick that up your bum to all the people that have knocked him because he is bringing home something that no other Australian coach has ever done. Uh, Aaron Finch, what a glorious moment for Australian cricket. So many heroes in this game. With you look at the ball, I mean, Josh Hazelwood, three for 16. When you think about it, you know, he wasn't even considered a white ball bowler a couple of years ago, but he's he's bounced back. He, he's one of the favourites of Cricket Unfiltered. He's one of our um, most treasured guests, and he's performed in the final. And Adam Zampa, four overs, one for 26. Brilliant stuff with the ball. Um, yeah, just a terrific all-round bowling performance, apart from Mitchell Stark, four overs, none for 60. Yeah, and uh, as I said in the innings break, um, he didn't bowl that badly. He was a little bit unlucky. He had that catch drop by Hazelwood that, uh, off Williamson that, you know, geez, if that had gone down, it might have even been a bigger, uh, a more comprehensive victory by the Aussies. And then a couple of um, sliced, spliced, sliced shots over, over third man for four. Um, but, yeah, it was um, kind of – it was in the balance for a little while, the first few overs, but – Gradually started to get that, get get that feeling of inevitability, and then it was a it was a cruise towards the end. Um, so remarkable, remarkable. Who would have thought? Um, well, certainly not you, Menas. But um, well, I did pick uh, these trains for the final. I came on board <laughs> right at the last minute, uh, and look. Uh, I mean, you sort of look at the game. Australia are chasing what, 82 after 10 overs. They just lost Finch, I think. You could see it's sort of the halfway mark of the chase that Australia were doing well. Warner made an excellent uh, half century. He dashed to 51 off 34. And then in the 11th over, after the, the break, I thought that if New Zealand would have come back into the game, they needed to start well, but they didn't. Um, Australia took 15 runs off Jimmy Neesham's 11th over. So another losing final for Jimmy. Bad luck, mate. Look, Looking forward to your tweet later about what you're going to take up instead of cricket. So he concedes 15. And from there, it was just cruise control for Australia. A Trent Bolt, four overs, two for 18. Exceptional, but just not good enough. Tim Southey, 3.5 overs, none for 43-ish. Sodi. Now, I said to you in the lead-up to the game that I thought Sodi wouldn't be as um, damaging as Shadab Khan was against the Aussies. And it proved true because he leaked 40 in three overs. And uh, it was just a, a dominating performance by Australia. We are the T20 World Cup champions. We will be defending our crown on home soil next year. Can the Aussies go back to back? This is exceptional stuff. When you think about that, there were articles written that said not only will Australia not win this tournament, but if they don't perform well enough, they might be ranked so lowly that by the time of the next um, World Cup, they'll have to go through the the, the qualifying, the, the pre-Super 12 phase in their own hosting tournament, which would have been a disaster. One thing about Sodi that um, he did bowl a few wides and a few drag downs, and I think it probably does speak to the fact that, once again, the toss did play a significant, um, not, not an overwhelming role, but I think 
it was a massive toss to win. We've now had, I think, off the top of my head, 14 games were played in um, uh, Dubai during the Super 12 phase of the tournament. 13 of those were won by the side bowling first. And the one exception was when Scotland ran New Zealand relatively close. New Zealand batted first and ended up beating Scotland by about 15, which given how much stronger New Zealand are than Scotland, as I've said in previous podcasts, it almost confirms the the, the bowling first is the is the way to go. So really, but, but I don't think that matters so much in this final because New Zealand were just very conservative in their first 10 overs. They they knocked the ball around. They were I don't know what they were playing at. They must have known 57 in 10 overs is not enough. I agree I agree with that, but I think both points can stand alongside yes. each other. I mean it was a when I I, I was dri- I drove to the studio and when I got here I opened up my phone because I knew the toss had occurred while I was driving and I was waiting for quick info to load and waiting and I was just like I felt like I was about to see the result of the final. And when I saw that Australia won the toss and bowled, I thought, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I think that the dew was a bit of a factor later on. So 14 games where the result, I think, confirmed that the bowling team, bowling first was an advantage. It's not ideal. And um, that's something that the ICC need to look for, for to you know future tournaments and future games in Dubai at night need to be um, – Something needs to be done to make that a little bit better. It'll certainly be a different flavour when they play the World Cup in Australia. Now, look, we've got a lot of comments here from the viewers. So if you're listening or watching, the best place to go is onto our Cricket Unfiltered YouTube page where we can see the comments. And, um, you know, there's some Jose. Do you guys think Finch's team selection was helped by toss wins? I don't want to be too critical after winning the the World Cup. No, I, I think they actually, I like the balance of the team, seven and four, but I know you had concerns going into the final. Well, I said that I would give strong consideration to dropping Stark, um, just because I thought that looking at the performances of the spinners during the tournament, they had been demonstrably across the board. It's fair to say Swepps and Orega wouldn't have done worse in the final than Stark. Yeah, but, but as I said, he didn't bowl terribly and these things can happen. And, and um, so, look, um, I think that winning... Winning solves everything, and you can't. <laughs> I'd be pretty uh, a pretty churlish individual to be critical of the Australians tonight after that win. Thank you, Scotty. Go, Manners. All right. Um, yeah, Ray. What a tactical decision from Australia to bring in Marsh, him and Warner Mixwell. One attacking spin and one taking down pace. I have to say that Mitch Marsh, you know, he went on that tour to Bangladesh in the West Indies. He was the the standout performer batting at three and it was a masterstroke from Australia to stick with him because when all the other players were available, it would have been easy to maybe try and slot you know, someone else in at three and push him down the order is more traditional for him, but they saw something in him, in him and backed him. And he played beautifully tonight. I mean, there was Several times, the first ball of a new spell, they sent a bowl of waist, uh, a hip high ball on leg stump that he just belted into the stands. And yeah, it was a powerful innings tonight. Fantastic to watch. So, uh, and of course, this has then led to all the speculation that he should now be in the Ashes side. And I, mean, I, I don't. No, no, back up. Put the brakes on. Put the brakes on. I, I've been his biggest critic at test level because his record is not good. And I wouldn't put him in the Ashes side on the back of this, but I am willing to entertain the notion that maybe he could play Test cricket again, whereas a few months ago, that was not something I'd say. I would say at the moment, when you look at his Test career, I've got it up here, he's played 32 Test matches, um, which is a lot, for someone with a a batting average of 25.2 and a bowling average 
in his 32 test matches. He's taken 42 wickets at 38.6. So his bowling average is worse than Steve Waugh's and his batting average is half of Steve Waugh's. Um, what I would like to see is him to play a few Sheffield Shield games and score big runs. If he can do that, then I'd be happy for him to be in the in the test side. But I think to bring him in and put him into the first test on the basis of this, someone like Glenn Maxwell could say, well, I've been playing magnificently in white ball cricket over the years. You haven't really done that for me. I just think it would be that. It would be a flawed strategy. And he even pulled out of a Sheffield Shield match in the lead up to this tournament to prepare. So all he's been doing is hitting sixes in the net. So his red ball game is not where it should be for an Ashes series. If he was to be picked, though... I would want him to play the way he's been playing, like very mm. aggressively and go out and go hard. Uh, uh, Jose is backing up Paul's idea of playing Agar instead of Stark. Easy in hindsight. Uh, no, it is Ho- easy in hindsight when, when Stark uh, went nine for 60. Jose, do you think Guptill's <laughs> innings lost the match for the Kiwis? I do. I think going at that strike rate of 80 in a final, it was it was typical small nation stuff from the Kiwis. They they <laughs> froze on the big stage. We saw it at the MCG in 2015. We saw it in the 2019-50 over World Cup. Sure, they won the Test World Championship, but it happened again. They got the wobbles against their big brothers from across the Tasman. I need to point out, Menas, you actually didn't, t- you didn't play today. You're you, you can't actually take personal credit for what the What did victory. I say? No, no, but it's like we're mocking the New Zealanders and, I was, you know. The, I'm dancing on their frigging grave. I know, but. For the next, like, month. <laughs> they still made it to the final. Um, <laughs> you and I didn't. We, we, we're, we're sitting in a, in a studio in the middle of the night. Um, I had another good point to make, but I've forgotten it now. Okay, the Schick. Do you think Mitch Marsh could open the batting moving forward? Well, yeah. with Finch in a bit of trouble, I could see Mitch Marsh moving up to the opening spot. Definitely. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott Martin almost makes it sweeter that we got yes. smashed by England. Yes, it does. It does. That is that is very good point, Scott. We didn't have to play India. We didn't have to um, beat them, and we lost to England. So, yep. And also, it's going to make it sweeter. I haven't checked the final stats. I'm not sure if they're up yet, but pretty sure that um, Glenn Maxwell has gone through the tournament with a strike rate under 100. I'd say that's probably correct. Let's have I've a look. got it here. His strike rate is exactly 100. Oh. Just, just finishes on 64 runs off 64 balls. Oh, that's tragic. Steve <laughs> Smith was the only batter with a strike rate of under 100 from Australia. Sodi was – how how awful was Sodi from um, – Michael Larras. I think that Sodi struggled to grip the ball, and I think there was a bit of due. But, yeah, it was a, a sad night for him. Jose, no, no, no. If Coley had Finch's luck with the toss, India would have been in the semi-final at least, if not the final. Maybe, um, but um, yeah, if they're not. They're not. They're not. <laughs> they lost. They lost to Pakistan and New Zealand in their first two games. So bye, bye, India. If bye. Namib- if Namibia and Scotland had had some bye. had had some luck with the toss, maybe they would have beaten India as well. <laughs> Go and watch IPL final replays. All the Indian fans. Now, Suraj Ray. Some words on Warner's performance during this whole. T20 World Cup. So he finishes with 289 runs. He scored three half centuries, an average of 48.16, a strike rate of 146.7. How would you sum up Warner's um, series, Paul? Um, As I expected it would be. Um, I I found it hilarious. The uh, very intelligent personalities in the lead-up saying, should Warner be dropped for the first game? And, the, the, you know, they're saying, oh, on balance, probably he should be. I just thought that was nonsensical. They didn't entertain dropping Warner for a second. I never, ent- you know, if, if you dropped Warner 
it would have been match fixing. And I'm not saying that in hindsight. It was um, he wasn't in that bad form. Like no. after the when the IPL returned, he had two failures in the in the in the um, for Sunrisers Hyderabad. They then stupidly dropped him, and then he had one or two failures in um, uh, warm up games. One of which we copped a decision that was possibly a little bit borderline. Yeah, I agree. And um, look, uh, Warner's bounced back. He had a really bad injury last summer that seemed to take him out of action, but he's back to his best now. Uh, Menas keeps sticking the boot into the Indians. That's from Michael. How funny was it when they had the um, the uh, the highlight? They suddenly said, "Here's a, a World Cup, I mean, a magic moment." I'm saying, "Don't put it in the final." And you said, "I bet it's India," and it was <laughs> India winning the 2007 World T20 beating yeah. Pakistan. I was like desperate. Trying we've, to keep that billion we've, or we've paid all this money to get, the, to get the rights to this tournament, and now <laughs> this is a dance squib of a game. Please, Indians, don't desert us. They're saying, <laughs> "Yes, Jose, how is the Sunrisers team exactly. management feeling right now?" Egg on their face. To be fair to them, when you factor in the first half of the tournament as well, they could probably say Warner got what sixteen runs off eight yeah. innings. You know? <laughs> So for those waking up in Australia and tuning in, it's a glorious morning here in Sydney. Australia are T20 World Cup champions. New Zealand batted first. They were sent in. They made uh, a conservative 172 for four, led by the nicest guy in world cricket, Kane Williamson, 85 or 48. And then in reply, Australia got there in the 19th over with seven balls to spare. David Warner, 53 off 38. Mitchell Marsh, 77 not out off 50 deliveries with four sixes. Glenn Maxwell, 28 off 18. And Australia stormed to victory. The very first T20 World Cup that this great nation adds to our, what, 550 over World Cups? And how many, uh, is it seven combined? I always forget. The the women have won so many that I I actually forget how many there are. They've won a lot. They've won a lot, yeah. So, yes, we we dominate. And we don't know the exact figure. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that one. Um, all right, so let's just go through the uh, series for the Australians. So David Warner top scored 289 runs. Then Mitchell Marsh, 185 runs at an average of 61.66 with two half centuries, a strike rate of 146. Then Aaron Finch was on third. Uh, highest amount of runs, 135 runs with a strike rate of 116.37. Then there's a bit of a gap, Stoinis with 80 runs, Matthew Wade, 74 runs, Glenn Maxwell, 64 runs, and uh, Steve Smith, 69 runs at a strike rate of 97. So really um, the, the contribution shared right around, but Mitchell Marsh and David Warner, the two chief contributors with the bat, you have to say uh, – Really glad for Matty Wade that the, they won the final because that semi-final win by Australia deserved a, a championship and they've got it. Yeah, the semi-final win in 2010 that Hussey played so brilliantly and the semi-final win in the 96 World Cup against the West Indies from nowhere. They both deserved as well, but they didn't get the they chocolates. They didn't get the chocolates, yeah. They did not. Um, okay, we've got some more questions. Let's, um, Michael, will... Well, we're not going to be talking. Will be another WA Shield if Victoria stops beating up on that Minnow New South Wales. <laughs> we're just going to blow past the Shield talk for this show. <laughs> Jackson O'Shea, how bad is Watson's commentating? Well, Watson was in this very studio a few months ago recording, so I'm going to say he was excellent. I think he's a, a much improved commentator. When he's talking about the actual kind of the 
technique of batting and some of the specific knowledge that he has, he's really good. Um, I think like a lot of modern day commentators, he's under pressure to keep on talking and the Richie Benno, Richie Benno get, would get fired these days from a, a T20 comp because the whole thing of only speak when you've got something to add to the picture, you'd have a producer in your ear after two seconds saying, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking? Um, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. I think Watson, if he didn't have that pressure and could just only speak when he had something interesting to say, would actually be, would actually be quite good. Jose, Watson is still better than Shane Warne. Warne is the best Ray, and the worst. don't worry. England will win down under next year. Well, I'm, I'm too busy reveling in the glory of this win to think about defending our title on home soil, but uh, we'll be hard to stop with this momentum. Now maybe maybe it means the Ashes. Maybe it does mean the Ashes. Well, maybe um, yeah, maybe. Um, just finishing with the, the bowling figures for Australia. Um, so Adam Zampa was the leading wicket-taker for Australia. Seven matches, 13 wickets. And this is where it gets you, an economy of 5.81 runs per over. Didn't even go to run a ball. Then um, the next second highest wicket taker, Josh Hazelwood, 11 wickets, economy 7.29. Then Glenn Maxwell actually bowled really well, just went for 7.14, economy took two wickets. Pat Cummins, a bit of a quiet tournament for him, just five wickets. Uh, economy was pretty good, 7.37, so certainly um, didn't leak too many runs. I think that's a good tournament, 7.37. Um, he built into it as you went. I don't think wickets matter as much. I think that's um, that's a tick for me. And then um, uh, Mitchell Stark, seven matches, 27 overs, leaked 248 runs, took nine wickets, but his economy is really the most of the frontline bowlers, 9.18. Ashton Agar just played the one game, one wicket, an economy 5.62. So uh, an all-round effort by the bowling attack, but really Zampa and Hazelwood, the two um, slight standouts. Yeah. Slight standouts. That's a five o'clock in the morning statement. (laughs) Slight standouts, yes. Um, um, Zampa, magnificent. There's talk that that he should be the player of the tournament. I must say that at five o'clock in the morning, I cannot – as, um, judge whether that's a, a fair thing or not. And I mean, I think maybe Coley should be. Um, well, um, or MS Doney. Yeah, it's, I mean, Adam Zamp is one of those bowlers that's just underrated, underestimated. <laughs> I don't think anyone um, predicted he'd do so well, but he's um, again just played out of his skin. And you know, he couldn't train with his teammates. He was up in Byron Bay uh, with that rude mullet bowling in the nets to schoolboys and. Not long after, is lifting the World Cup in Dubai. Just an incredible. This is an Australian story. This is an Australian story of you know diggers that are uh, written off, up against it, you know, in the trenches, and they've they've battled their way through to a, a famous win. God, man, there's enough of the wartime analogies. Um, you've got a lot more um uh, ability at five in the morning to come up with garbage than I do. Um, <laughs> but that, very poetic, very poetic. Well. I think, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up this um, reaction? Uh, it's been a, a triumph for Australia. Now anything's possible. Justin Langer, he could get another five years as coach. Aaron Finch, just wheel him out to do the toss and then he doesn't have to bat. Um, yeah, it's Mitchell Marsh, uh, you know, open the batting in the ashes at the Gabba. Um, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um Really, really enjoyable. I've said it before on this on the show. 
T20 cricket when it doesn't really matter. I enjoy it, but when it suddenly matters, and you know, in a World Cup, I think you find your inner child again, and you, I find myself cheering on the Aussies like I was 12, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's a, a win is a win is fantastic. You can say that it was great tosses to win and all the others, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We've finally got a men's T20 World Cup, and um, geez, let's let's see if we can get another one in about a year's time. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people think T20's uh, hit and giggle. Well, if you just watch the scenes of when Australia hit the winning runs, uh, the emotional outpouring from the Australian team, this means as much as any other tournament win. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Mitchell Marsh in tears, Marcus Stoinis and he embracing on the ground in Dubai. It'll be scenes that live on forever in the history of Australian cricket. Uh, Thanks for everybody that's tuned in to our post-match reaction uh, we will be recording uh, another podcast later this week to just continue to soak up what has yeah. been a momentous um, weekend for Australian cricket. And for those who are saying, oh, well, you know, Australians really don't care about T20 cricket and the Ashes is much more important, That's may, be that as it may. But on the global sc- stage um, where, you know, most of the audience of cricket are in, in India, Pakistan and uh, Bangladesh and places like that, they do – this tournament means a hell of a lot more than it does to to Australians. So if Australians want to be regarded as the, the best cricketing nation in the world, as I, I like to think we are, then you've got to start winning some of these tournaments. And um, it's been a long time coming. Absolutely. And it's just a, a story of heroes. Langer, Mitchell Marsh, Rittenoff, Zampa, Rittenoff. <laughs> uh, but it's been a, David Warner dropped from his IPL franchise. This has been the comeback win of the ages for Australian cricket. And uh, this has a lot of um, 1987 feels about it where they were given no chance. So, look, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to everybody that have watched on YouTube. Paul and I are going to go and get some sleep now, although I'm just – too excited after this to maybe you'll be able to sleep i I might need a little bit of um chamomile tea to settle myself down i'm very excited but also i reckon if you put my head on a pillow right now and put a stopwatch there i'd be asleep within one minute all right well (laughs) congratulations to australia commiserations to new zealand um great sports uh, thank you for losing (laughs) on florida's space coast we think you can have the best of both worlds Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.